That was such a fun episode with Erica and Tanner, a.k.a. Tanner the Planter and Mrs. Tanner the Planter. It was so fun. They are funny. I didn't realize how funny they were until just being able to have some time to chat with them, but they are a good time. I know. I honestly, you know, when you just meet those people and you just like click with them and you want to be their friend. Yes. Yes. That That was that is them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. They teach us all the things about plants and how to care for them and all the Mm -hmm. tips and tricks. So tune in. Welcome to the Lean and Learn podcast, where two best friends, a mom and a therapist come together to lean on each other and learn from each other. This podcast was created to hear stories of success, suffering, and everything in between. A space for women to feel connected, supported, and heard. You can expect total realness from Priscilla and Zoe as we share our own life experiences, and we hope you take this journey with us as we lean on and learn from. Welcome back to another episode. We have two very special guests on today, Tanner and Erica, also known as Tanner the Planter and Mrs. Tanner the Planter. They are husband and wife plant experts and the team behind two brands, their retail plant shop, Famous in Oregon, and the well-known online plant guru, Tanner the Planter. So welcome both of you to the podcast. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Absolutely. So we thought today what we could do is have um, you guys answer some questions that we um, got from our Instagram, and then we can talk about your guys' business and just what's led you guys to where you're at and okay, where we'll start. So um, Priscilla, if you have one you wanted to start with a question, we can just jump right in. Yes. What is the hardest plant to keep alive? Hmm. Uh, that's pretty subjective. Should I tell them what you've killed? Plant, I've killed, I've <laughs> yes. killed almost everything that you can think of for sure. And in, 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 in the journey of figuring out how to do it right. Maybe. There are, there are plants that you have liked that you have passed on that have, have been offered to you, but you've said, for Oh, sure. you know what? I would love to have that, but I know this is not the season mm-hmm. of my life that I can take care of that plants. Yeah, so there's there's yeah. one in particular, there's a whole group of anthuriums that are kind of commonly referred to as like pendant anthuriums they have really long leaves that kind of face down and it's like a big they're they look like a giant raindrop or something like that like mm. a three foot long raindrop the leaves are dark wow. and very, mesmerizing called like an anthurium we'll just, we just call them queens because that's a yeah they have a long weird name love it anthurium and uh i've always wanted one but i've also always known that i don't have the conditions for it so there's mm-hmm. no reason for me to bring it home and just watch it suffer slowly for a few months until it dies. Mm-hmm. So I suppose like those types of plants, just because they require a little bit more than you would find in an average home would be a little bit harder, but plants are very simple to take care of. They're not finicky. They just need what they need. You know, what can people do for plant pests? Do you guys have any secret recipe, yeah. recipe, anything that's worked really well to get, get rid of them quickly? Yeah. So we always recommend uh, neem oil. Neem has been a gardener's best friend indoor or out for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some people can't get it like Canada. They're, they're always commenting on our TikTok. We can't get that here in Canada, you know, so. Hey, huh. interesting. Um, 
but it has been used for a long time for humans, for keeping pests off of plants. I mean, it has a lot of uses, but um, we are a little bit particular about the type of neem and you have to know um, cold pressed organic is always what we, what we recommend, but you have to dilute it accordingly. Mm-hmm. And once you dilute it, you're on the clock. It, you can't come back and use that same bottle next week, for example. Okay. It starts, the effectiveness starts going away as you've, as soon as you've mixed it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so sometimes we'll make up neem and we'll just go preventatively around the house or around the shop and just spray everybody down just, you know, for good measure. Maybe mm-hmm. they, they might not even have pests, but we just don't want to waste it. And it's not harmful if they don't have pests anyway. So okay. neem um, is probably number one. Yeah. But we use you- alcohol sometimes too. Okay. Just isopropyl alcohol too. I, and you know, I would say probably the biggest thing is like just paying attention to your plants. A lot of times people, you know, the neglect, they don't look at them for a while. It happened just re- just today on our customer. I saw group. that cast iron plant. Yeah. Where someone take a close inspection of their plant for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And now the pest problem has gotten so out of control that they can see it from a distance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And those types of pest treatments are very hard. So uh, weekly, bi-weekly, whatever you can do, some sort of maintenance routine to not necessarily where you're treating them all the time, but to where you're closely inspecting them. Checking uh, in on them. Checking in on them because you, the, the it's easier to get rid of pests when they are few in numbers. Mm-hmm. So the sooner you can catch them, the sooner you can get rid you can get rid of them. You know, one of the best Persistency, ways, too. consistency, persistent thoroughness. Mm-hmm. One of the best ways to just get rid of pests is a simple hose down. Um, this is nature's mm-hmm. pest control, right? Rain, mm-hmm. so rain. A lot of pests will hide on the undersides of leaves to avoid getting hit by the rain amongst mm-hmm. other things. But so if you want to give your, especially if you live in a climate where it's, you know, above 50 or 60 degrees year round, you can put your plant outside turn on the jet setting or your the shower setting on your hose nozzle and give that thing a big spray down front, back. That'll knock off a bunch of pests just by, you know, force alone. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can do it in the shower, you know, uh, or in your sink. And, you, you know, turn on the spray setting on your sink and wash the leaves off. Prevent, uh, preventative maintenance goes a really, really long way. Um, but I would say, yeah, our general care, like Erica was saying, is definitely a cold-pressed organic neem oil. Lately, neem oil has been, it, it gets a bad rap because so many people use it and they, but they, they're getting the pre-diluted version. So Erica was saying they, it, you know, as soon as you mix the two oil, it's oil, oil and whatever mm-hmm. else, the, the compounds start to break down. It becomes less and less effective every day that it sits on the shelf. So you go to the garden center and you buy a bottle of neem oil in a spray bottle, and then you go and treat your plants with it. Well, how long has it been sitting on the shelf or in the warehouse months? Mm. You know, it's crazy. People will sell anything. Totally. Yeah. 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 And it's just not, it's just not effective right, um, yeah. when it's don't been sitting us, there that long. Don't get us started on moisture meters. Oh, don't do I that. I don't even know what that is. Good. Stay away. We don't want it. <laughs> it not work. It's, it's a, a way to probe soil. Um, and it has like a little gauge on it that's supposed to say like dry or wet. I've seen those. Yes. It is. Doesn't work. No. At one point we had to turn off our DMS on Instagram because the the moisture meter questions were just so (laughs) out of control. 
Yeah, there was <laughs> like <that>. politics. Yeah. <laughs> we had to turn it off. <laughs> it gets it gets so bad, and it's hard to explain yourself all the time. It's yeah. it's one of those things in the gardening. It, okay, when we first opened up our store mm-hmm. a few years ago, we had a lady come in. And she was like, where are your moisture meters? And we like, we said, well, we don't, we don't sell them. You know, they're, they don't work. They're kind of a gimmick sort of thing. And she told us that she had been in the gardening industry for 20 some odd years. And they would make so much money off selling those moisture meters at checkout because like an add-on. Yeah. Because they come up with the plant and they set it down and say, how often do I water it? And they say, Hey, get this $15 moisture meter, water it when it's or on there and everybody in the industry knows that they don't work or at least not consistently um but it's a very big confidence boost when you're like oh yeah for 10 more dollars i can basically guarantee i get my watering right of course i'm going to do that but they're a gimmick yeah. they they we have have not they found do, one that works at all there it doesn't not matter one. if you get the most expensive one not only will it move the needle for the moisture available in the soil but can also uh go f- you know, move the needle one way or the other for different fertilizers, different Mm -hmm. ingredients that are in the soil, whether or not your soil is compacted or aerated. There are just so many factors in there that there's no way to tell by the one you get, you just get a false sense of, of, you know, and you rely on it so much because maybe it works for a, a time and then you rely on it. I can't tell you the reason we had to turn off our DMS is because we were getting hundreds of, uh, messages that are basically along the lines of, Hey, I don't know what's water. What's what's wrong with my plant? It, my moisture meter says the plant is wet, but I haven't watered it in two months. What's wrong? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you right. haven't watered it in, in two, two months. months. <laughs> yeah. yeah, on the moisture yeah. meter, you know. Anyway, we got a little bit off tangent there, but we're past. Well, I would just think, wouldn't you want to like just stick your finger in there and kind of see like no. where's yeah. this going? How but you know? But what happens when the pot is this long and your finger goes? Mm. In? So we always say to use a knitting needle or a chopstick, something that can get all the way down because like the, one of our most popular sellers is the, the snake plant. Mm-hmm. And if you're familiar with snake plants, the leaves are all like, typically there's a ton of different types of snake plants, but the one that everybody rem- knows of is the Chip and Joanna special, right? The yes. straight up and down <laughs> one. Um, and so those have to be, I tell people in store, I used to say hundred percent dry. They mm. would still water it before it was time. Then I started saying a thousand percent dry. <laughs> still people overwatering. Now I say 10,000 percent dry. <laughs> Where does it end? A bazillion percent dry. Um, but so you have to probe the soil to see what's happening down at the very most bottom part of the pot, which is where the roots are. Mm-hmm. And your finger's not reaching down. You're that not it's reaching like a up. baking a cake. You want to. I was just going to say that. Yes. Yes. It's exactly the method we talk about. You ever baked oh. a cake or brownies? It's the yes. exact same principle. Everybody understands yeah. when yeah. I explain it like that. I'm going to start yeah. doing that. That makes I a lot am of sense. Too. Yeah. I've so never secret, done that. The secret is knowing how dry your plant needs to be mm-hmm. before you water it. So like a ficus, fiddly fig, ficus altissima, any of those, uh, any of those ficus plants, for example, they're just popular plants. This time of year, we're in spring, mm-hmm. it watered when 25% dry. So then you would only p- put your probe in 25%, about a quarter way down right. the box. Then you check it. You wouldn't put it in all the way 
if you're only needing to know what's happening at 25%. Some plants can go to 50%, so you would put your probe in 50%. Same Interesting. idea. Do you guys have like a chart that for all of your plants and like what percentage of what they need? We have about uh, 500 videos on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram. Every care video that Tanner makes, he'll say spring and summer, 25% dry, fall and winter, 50% dry. So you know what you're yeah. getting into. And even like when we do our live sales on Facebook or on our app, he'll say, this is what it needs. And then you can decide if you have what it takes to take care of that plant. Mm -hmm. My favorite and the easiest are the topsoil dry plants because you just walk by, touch the topsoil. If it's dry, like calathea are topsoil dry plants, oxalis, topsoil dry plants. Very easy. You don't have to probe anything. You just touch the topsoil. If it's dry, it gets a soak. Those are the type of plants I need. But you're watering frequently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're usually like thinner leaf plants that don't have a lot of water storage in their stems and in their leaves. So they're mm. pretty, but don't mess up on that watering. Higher, a little higher maintenance. Higher maintenance. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So mm -hmm. going back to your original question, that might be very easy for you, for example, if you maybe if you've got extra time, but then mm -hmm. like pilot, you Can't know, that's, that's, that's gone plant. for a week at a time. Maybe that's a hard plant for them because they just don't have the lifestyle that's conducive to topsoil dry plant. I've been seeing your guys's um, wood pieces with the plants on them. I don't get that. Yeah. I would think that they would need water or how often do you have to water those yeah, ones? Give them a little simple. Hair plants grow on the sides of trees and they use these little tiny hairs on their leaves called trichomes to trap moisture and nutrients floating around in the air. So that's how you get an air plant. In nature. In nature. Yeah. So when people yeah. say soak your air plant in water for 20 minutes and then take it out. Is that appropriate to do, or is it better to just spray? It depends on how, if it's mounted, you're not going to soak the whole mount. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if it's just a, an air plant on its own, yeah, you could, you could do that, but keep in mind that they do like distilled or like a more mm -hmm. pure water. So like a rainwater next time it rains. I know in Texas, we're allowed to do this. We could just go put out buckets and catch mm -hmm. rainwater and water that mm -hmm. way. But in a lot of States, like Tanner's home state, Oregon, it's not allowed there. Really? Yeah. Can't catch rain in buckets. You would think that that would be allowed. Not there. Huh. Yeah. There are a few states that outlaw um, rainwater collection. I, I know a lot of people, I don't know how enforced it is, but mm -hmm. a lot of states it's, it's not allowed. I had one last question on pests as we're moving into this other oh, yeah. topic. So I was surprised about this question. What do you guys think about releasing ladybugs into your house as a form of pest control? <laughs> you know, I was going to, I was going to address that when the original pest question came up. Mm -hmm. um, cute, right? Yeah. Cute little ladybugs. I, I, there are a lot of bugs that you could release in a big infestation now, if you're going to release bugs in your house, it needs to be a plant that is very, very special, very, very expensive, maybe, or maybe you just have a really big collection that you want to protect. Ladybugs would not be the route to go. Mm -hmm. One, they're not even the best killers. They don't, they're not the best, they're not the best at what at, at hunting down houseplant pests. Um, they're big. They'd be annoying. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them bite. And some fly. And flying and <laughs> 
it's it's a bad idea. I've heard a lot of nightmare stories. It's I, I don't know anybody that's done it twice. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of anybody who'd want to do it twice. But there are a lot of beneficial nematodes that you can release mm. in your house and you would have no idea if they were there or not. They're so small. They go and they're very good at killing uh, you know, a lot of the the pests that would harm houseplants. So no to ladybugs, yes to nematodes, but you can't just get any nematodes either. I've seen lots of people, they just go on Amazon and they get beneficial nematodes and just throw it on. You need to know what pests you're fighting. Some mm. bugs are picky and they don't eat the tomato pests. They don't mm. eat the onion pests. The wusses. <laughs> you got to get the right ones that like the kind of pests that you have. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, that is good to know. Okay, I've got another one. What psychological effects do plants have on humans? There are actual studies on this. I can't cite them, but I know that they exist. <laughs> and I can tell you, um, we've seen incredible and we've heard incredible stories of people leaning on their plants during hard times, depression, mm -hmm. um, anxiety. It can go both ways though, because if you're doing all you can to keep a plant alive and it's still <laughs> going south, like that might be a little more anxiety inducing. <laughs> Something that I talk about on my TikTok pretty often, people stress out so much about keeping one plant alive yeah. or the next. And every day mm -hmm. they look at it, it just stresses them out. And I'm like, throw it away. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not worth it. Yeah. You have, to, you have to remember that you're the human, they're the plants. Yeah. Like you're not equals. The hobby is you. supposed to be like stress yes. reducing and like, mm -hmm. you know, a nice thing to look forward to. It shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't be more stressful. Um, I, you know, uh, some of the studies I know they talk about reduced stress, increased productivity. Um, the study that um, I saw said an increase of in up to like fifteen percent of productivity when you have when wow. And there's even like horticulture therapy now. Like that's a degree you can get to in college in some colleges. So. There is definitely something to it. People um, leaned on their plants a lot in 2020 when we were dealing mm -hmm. with all the crazy with mm -hmm. the pandemic and, you know, being far from friends and family and not being able to get together. And so the, the horticulture industry, like plant shops just soared in 2020 and 2021 mm -hmm. because of that. Yeah. I definitely yeah. bought more plants during that Um time yeah. of my life for sure. Yeah. I know for me, definitely when my plants, like I just got home from a trip and my husband does not water my plants and they're all like that's droopy a little bit. And it just makes me feel sad. I, when I see them, I don't like to see them that way. I feel mm -hmm. like what they look like and my mood is definitely connected to that. But then once I water yeah. them and they're looking happy, yeah. like, okay, I'm happy now. <laughs> yeah. One of our customers um, told me that her plants are a visual that help keep her on track with her mm. depression because wow. she, when she sees that her plants are starting to go South, she's like, okay, time for a little checkup. How am I doing? Mm -hmm. How am I feeling? You know, and it's a yeah. way, like it's a manifestation, something she's can see easily like externally. Yes. That speaks to her. So it's really interesting. There is, is a yeah. there's power in the plants. Absolutely. For sure. Since the beginning of time, mm -hmm. I mean, nothing new. Yeah. Just, we've, we've been, we are meant to be living amongst plants. Mm -hmm. Is there a life expectancy for plants? 
Yes, for some, uh, but not for all. Well, for some, we don't even know. Like, mm -hmm. for example, like the Phalaenopsis orchid, uh, we don't know if there's a life expectancy. The oldest one we know of is a little over 100 years old. Mm. We don't know. Yeah. But then there are other plants where we know, like uh, a lot of agave, once they flower, they die off. The bloom of death. Have you ever heard of um, that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, a lot popular of plant groups. A lot of plants, that. when they flower, they only flower once and they die off and they leave babies in their wake, like bromeliads, like a lot of agave, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, for sure, yes there's a no. life expectancy. Yeah. A lot of palm trees have life expectancy as well. Mm -hmm. um, some, so it's either yes and we're not sure because how will we ever know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone, they outlive yeah, us. <laughs> never know. But yeah. like Hoya are very popular um, as heirloom plants that are given, you know, to your grandkids and stuff like that. We have Tanner's great grandma's uh, Thanksgiving cactus. Mm -hmm. His grandma gave us a piece of it maybe like four or five years ago. And mm -hmm. we've grown into this big, beautiful full plants it's actually I saw like it has a couple of, of blooms on yeah, it just flowered again yeah just that I was going to ask about that so that my family has given me I think I have a like a Easter one and a Christmas huh. cactus I've never got either of them to bloom they've grown really because they've just given me pieces and I've yeah. had them forever but I've never got either of them to ever give me a flower so you want to know the secret yes secret. tell me you have to and this takes a little bit of time to get right. Stand on one foot. And you have to say the like ABCs backwards. Wow, this is groundbreaking news. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, 99 times out of 100, if, you, if any plant that should be flowering is not flowering, it's almost always due to light mm. or lack of light. I always, the, the way I always explain it is, flower any plant that has to flower it takes a lot of energy and if you think about it from a survival standpoint plants are survivors it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to push out a flower that does nothing for them it doesn't produce nutrients for them it only takes mm -hmm. away it doesn't produce energy for them it only takes away it, it, it takes everything away from them it depletes them second the leaves are photosynthesizing, gathering energy. So they're taking the sunlight, converting it into energy. And you can just think of it like storing it in the roots. We'll call those the batteries. So you've got solar panels, the leaves, and the roots are the batteries. If the batteries don't get charged up enough to expend an excess amount of energy on those flowers, then it's not going to flower. So you have to give it bright enough light so that it can store up enough energy so that it can expend that on the pretty flowers. So a really simple way to ensure that your plant gets enough light is as soon as it's weather appropriate. So like 55 degrees and over day and night, put it on your patio, on your full shade patio, give it full shade for as long as you can, as early as you can. And for as long as you can. And then that, especially if it's a, like a Thanksgiving or a Christmas cactus, mm -hmm. When you bring it inside the difference in temperature the difference in hours of photosynthesis that is what gets it to bloom so easter christmas whatever does that mean it's going to bloom around that time of season or it should, but sometimes they're wonky like one okay. year 
um, our Thanksgiving cactus bloomed. It was a Martin Luther King Jr. cactus. It bloomed in January instead of um, in November. Of course, the plants don't really know what no, the holiday is. They're like, it's almost my time. <laughs> they know temperature difference and uh, photo period difference. So uh, their their flowers or their growth triggers by an increase or decrease in temperature or an increase or decrease in the hours of daylight it's getting. A lot of people will tell you put your Christmas cactus or your or your poinsettias in the closet. Give them darkness. Mm. Um, and poinsettias, yeah, that is a way to get them to color up. But Christmas cactus or holiday cactus, ain't nobody in nature putting anything in closet, and they're blooming out there. So mm -hmm. it has to do with hours with photosynthesized photo period. So I should put mine outside once it gets up to fifty in the shade for... 55 okay 55 well i mean if you want to get a ton of flowers on it like you can you can definitely flower them indoors no yeah. problem but i mean you have to have really bright light you should yeah. have really bright light it's a surer bet yes if to you put them out yeah if you put them outside in full shade full shade that's guaranteed going to be enough light for them to flower whereas indoors you're going to be guessing more unless you watch the tanner the planter care video on youtube yes ladies about these this exact plant yeah you can yeah. pick up I'm going to look it up on Tanner, the planner on YouTube. Um, I had never plant, heard that before. So that plant you will water uh, when it's between like 25 and 50% dry. So if it's outside and it's warm out and there's wind, it's going to dry out a lot faster than if it's mm -hmm. indoors. So you have to keep an eye on that because inconsistent care will also block it from blooming. So there's, there's a, a little bit to it. You guys are going to get mad at me, but I also think that that plant is in a pot with no holes. <laughs> and I think it has rocks at the bottom. Huh? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm not upset with you, but I know at least one plant that is. Yeah. I... <laughs> take it out, pot it in a nursery pot. Just take, don't worry about getting a cute decorative pot. Just, we would consider that an emergency. Like, yeah, yeah. So talk more on that. So tell me why that that is not a good idea. So the thought is it doesn't have holes in the bottom of it. So I just put rocks in the bottom and think that's going to be good enough draining it. And I know that you guys say no. Yeah. All that rocks do is hires your water table. Well, wait a second. We don't say that. The plants I, say it. Scientists over the past hundred years say this. Uh, yeah, no, it increases, it, it raises your water table. It basically makes less, less area for the water to go. It, it makes sense. Like if you just think about it, but when you see the scientific experiments, you're like, oh, geez, I'm an idiot. Mm -hmm. Of course that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Rocks make the problem way, way worse. Just don't do it. The reason, the, the, the reason there are decorative pots that don't have drainage holes in them, you're supposed to be using them as cover pots. And I know we've talked about this before. It's a very common uh, way of keeping plants in every other part of the world except the United States. People would rather, they're like, oh, what do we, why do we have these pots without any holes in them? They get out their drill bits and drill holes through them. And then they put ugly plastic saucers underneath them to catch the water, not knowing that they should have just kept the plant in a plastic nursery pot and then slipped that inside the pretty pot with no drainage holes. You go and water the plant at the sink, let it drain out, put it back in your 
pot with no drainage holes so that it can protect mm-hmm. your surfaces mm-hmm. and all the things. That's mind blowing to me because what you just explained, like I've done that my whole entire life, like me and all my family, just drill a hole, put some rocks, but it makes, doesn't make any sense because you have water spill. I mean, yeah, I just don't know why have, anyone started like doing everybody that. Everybody in Texas where we live has like wood floors, right? So like the last thing you want is your plant to be a cause for them to have to rip up their floor and replace it. You know, like, you know, since the last time we talked, I was trying to figure out a way to explain the whole rocks as drainage type uh, of thing without a visual. Yes. Without a visual, I'm a, I'm a little bit, it's harder to explain, but I think I came up with a little bit of solution, but you guys will, will let me know if you're, if I'm way off or not. So Let's say you have a pot that is 10 inches deep and let's say the roots go down six inches. You've got the four inches extra. So let's say you, then you fill that, those four inches up with rocks. Then the water does not have those extra four inches to go down into. It hits the four inches and the water stays uh, around those, the the roots for way too long, suffocating Mm. and dying. It would be better if you had, uh, if you're going to pot in something with no drainage holes, then it's better to just leave it in soil, just have soil all the way down. Neither of them is fantastic. You shouldn't do it any way you slice it, but yeah, you know, it's just a bad idea. And people want to fight us when we tell, oh no, my granny, she's been doing this for you. Like, okay, well, let's see granny's plants. Yeah. It makes so much sense the way that you've explained it. I'm just thinking of my plants that I know are that way. And I'm just now it's spring to, and you said you, and you <laughs> said you've, you've been doing it for, with this plant for years and it's alive. It's not to say that you can't keep a plant alive without any drainage, but your room for error, mm-hmm. like, let's say, let's say your room for error with drainage is, is eight out of 10, but when you have no drainage, it goes down to like three out of 10, mm-hmm. you know, your room for error is very, very little. You know yeah, what I mean? You gotta mm-hmm. watch and you so don't, close. you don't know that you can't see what's going on right. in there. You have no idea you're playing with fire right there. Yeah. You know? So yeah. drainage just makes it infinitely easier to keep your plants alive. Yeah. That's a question we get a lot too, is how much water do I water it? Well, of every potted plant that has drainage, your job when it's time to water is to saturate the entire pot. Every bit of soil gets wet, every bit of soil. And so I tell people in store all the time, cause they'll tell me I give it a cup every two weeks and she's happy, you know, and I'm just like, you're starving your plants. That's, that's not your, those roots need that water to be able to grow big and strong to sustain the size of the plant that's mm-hmm. growing. Mm-hmm. And so like snake plants are our number one victims of this because people are so afraid to overwater. Water. But they just give it a little tiny bit every couple of weeks. And so those are the snake plants that start going and not up and down anymore because there's their start, they have to use that water storage in those blades to stay alive. And so it's not able to grow those robust, big, thick roots it needs to sustain the height and the firmness that the plant is supposed to be. I think people get the thought of like overwatering is like watering too much water. Whereas it's like overwatering is like a little bit all every day. Every time I come home, just a little bit, a little bit. Watering is a frequency, right? Yeah. So, you know, when we were talking earlier, when we were talking earlier about, you know, a snake plant needs to dry out a hundred percent between watering. 
If you were to water a snake plant when it was 50% dry, that would be overwatering because you're watering it too frequently. Now, if your snake plant is 100% dry and you pour 100 gallons of water on it, that's perfectly fine. The soil is only going to retain so much moisture. And because you've got drainage, the rest is just going to drain away. It doesn't matter. Mm. That way, you're ensuring all the roots are getting wet and they're all carrying moisture and nutrients up to the leaves. Why would you only want to water half of the roots? You're missing out on all that opportunity to hydrate and nourish your, your plant. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's such a good point. I need to take notes for myself. A couple other questions I had from Instagram. You mentioned an orchid, Tanner. So the question was, Mm -hmm. why are my, um, why is my orchids leaves wrinkly? There's several, there are several reasons why an orchid leaves will be wrinkly. Usually it's a case of the leaf is dehydrated. Why it's dehydrated is, is the big question that gets people fouled up and what makes plant care seem hard. So for example, uh, sometimes people will see a wrinkly leaf and they automatically think, well, gosh, it needs hydrated. It needs water. So they water it and then it gets worse. The leaves get more wrinkly, more leaves get wrinkly. So they water it still. Oh, I must not watered it enough the first time. They give it a really good soak the second time and it gets worse and worse mm-hmm. and worse. So the problem is dehydrated leaves can come from overwatering or underwatering. Mm-hmm. If your plant has been overwatered, that means the roots have died off and then there aren't any roots or maybe there just aren't enough roots to take up the available moisture in the soil or whatever the potting medium is to hydrate the leaves. So you're just watering soil you're not watering roots at that point because they're all dead yeah so then the leaves will naturally uh dehydrate with an orchid what would be the watering regimen depends on the orchid uh orchids are the largest flowering species in the world there are thousands of different orchids the Mm -hmm. most common though is that the grocery store one the phalaenopsis Mm -hmm. If you're Just talking throw about a the- couple ice cubes on there. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely no ice cubes. Uh, uh, so for, for orchids, for the Phalaenopsis orchid, the general, the ones that you're usually going to find at the grocery store, nice, long, leathery leaves. Watering uh, should be done when the medium is 100% dry. So you know how they usually come in clear pots. Uh, the reason for this is twofold. One, so you can see the roots. Uh, when the roots turn silver, when all the roots in the pot are silver, you soak all of the roots and they'll all turn green. They'll, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll turn a similar shade of green as the leaves. And the reason they are green is because they also photosynthesize. So that would be the second reason for them being in a clear pot so they can see some sky. Now, one of the questions we get often is, well, do they, does it need to be in a clear pot? It doesn't need to be in a clear pot. The, the roots do not need to photosynthesize for a healthy orchid, but that's one of the reasons that they mm. are there. So just let mm. all the soil dry out in between watering or uh, all the roots and then uh, soak them all. Drought flood, drought flood. Would that be the same for the Miltonia? No, they are less succulent. If you see the roots of a Miltonia orchid compared to a Phalaenopsis orchid, Phalaenopsis orchid roots are like like the thickness of like maybe a, maybe a pencil, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and they have a nice little water storage going on in there. So they're a little, little bit more drought tolerant. Miltonia orchids. They look like noodles. They look they look like, like a like an udon, yeah, maybe even thinner than no, a, like a like a like an angel hair pasta. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very, very thin. So there's less water storage. So you have to water more frequently. We let those dry out about 50 to 75% in between really thorough soakings. 
Good to know. And we yeah. just got a really beautiful shipment of Miltonias um, from Hawaii. They mm. shipped them to us two day mail and they arrived pristine. Yeah, we were really excited we about that. We could not believe how beautiful they were. We're about to place another order because- What colors are they? Um, s- Some variation of white and purple mm. and pink, yellow. Wow. Now, if your Miltonia orchid leaves are wrinkling, mm-hmm. uh, usually like Miltonia, a lot of uh, like pseudobulb orchids, uh, Oncidium, when their leaves get wrinkly, they can also get wrinkly be- from a lack of humidity. I don't know if your question mm-hmm. of, of wrinkly orchid leaves was associated with the Miltonia in mm-hmm. particular, but if the humidity is really, really low around a mm-hmm. Miltonia orchid or like an Oncidium, like I was saying. Like, uh, like if it's by your heater. Yes, that can also be a cause of too low of humidity will uh, wrinkle the leaves as well. Kind of like an accordion style. Do you name all your plants? No. No? No. That would take a lot no, of time. No, none, none of them have any names. Uh, Except for the one behind you. Really? Yeah. Well, and this is Fernando right here too, but we didn't name it the... <laughs> The lady that you start them. listing all their names. Well, this is that. <laughs> this is this is Big Mama. This is Fernando. <laughs> I don't. I don't actually call it Big Mama or anything. But <laughs> if someone uh, refers to it, it's like, yeah, that's our Big Mama Monstera. Well, yeah, it's funny because the Monstera is at the size right now that we don't want it really growing any bigger. But mm-hmm. in nature, it's a rule of nature. Everything's either growing or dying, right? So mm-hmm. of course it's going to keep growing, but we managing its size is a thing because the monstera will take over your house if you let it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why it's on a stake and that's why it's shaped the way it is, but he'll walk by it and see her getting ready to, you know, push out a new leaf and he'll be like, pregnant. She's pregnant. <laughs> Here she goes again. <laughs> pregnant again. You know, like... you raise them the right way. <laughs> Do all the right things. Keep on getting pregnant. (laughs) We have one last Instagram question, which is what would you recommend to be your uh, best low light plant? Mm -hmm. So we have uh, recently added a second low light section to our store because our houses are made in Texas to keep the light out. Mm -hmm. It gets hot here. So one day we were like, you know what? This is dumb. Let's have two two low light sections. And we, uh, label every low light plant with a green sticker so that our customers mm-hmm. know immediately. Well, there it's in that section, but also it has a green sticker on it. So I can easily say any plant with the green sticker, ma'am, you know, and then they still bring <laughs> me the wrong thing. Is, this <laughs> Is there a green sticker on it? No. Well, no, that's really helpful too, because I've seen in your guys' videos when you've shown a plant and I see that little green sticker, I'm like, oh, you know. I could, that could go in my like low light spots yeah. that I'm looking for plants. So yeah, it's before, super helpful. Before we list a, a, a long list of, of low light plants, it's always important to remember um, that when you, you say a plant is low light, that means that it's tolerant to low light. It doesn't mean that it needs low light. Or that it likes it. It would, it, right. you know, it can survive lower light. Mm-hmm. But, um it won't likely thrive in low light, but it will live in low light. Um, we can name off some some low light tolerant plants. We have a lot of them. Yeah, let's hear them. How about this one right here? Can you see it? Jade scandapsis. Oh, I can't see it. Just barely. Bring it in. It's a jade. It's 
skinned access plant. Beautiful and, and full. Oh. Oh, yes. So this is a harder to find skindapsis. Not every skindapsis is low light tolerant, but there are some real winners that are like the skindapsis pictus, skindapsis. Oh, he's going to get another plant. <laughs> I love this. <gasps> oh, I like wow. that one. Exotica. Look at those leaves. Yes. That was the skindapsis exotica, the skindapsis pictus also. Almost any snake plant or mm-hmm. sansevieria. Recently reclassified to Dracaena. Chordatum or um, heart-shaped philodendron. ZZ plants. Cast iron plants. Uh, uh, did I say aglionema? No. Almost any aglionema, <laughs> uh, also known as Chinese evergreen. I need to look around mm-hmm. our house. Janet Craig, which is Dracaena. Uh, Janet- That's their name, Janet Craig. Yes, it's the name <laughs> of the plant. I love that. That's that's the that's the that's the actual name. That's what it was named after. I'm writing it down. Is that a person? Who's yeah. Named yes. After? Yes. Like yes. And My Janet, grandma's uh, name's Janet. So Janet, you need Janet to get her one. A lot of plants after herself. There's the Janet. I think it was her husband actually that named it after her. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Maybe it was a suitor. No, I heard yeah. it was a, a man that named. It. Yeah, because there's Janet. Uh, Janet Lind. There's Janet Lind. There's Janet mm. Craig. There's. Uh, there's Lisa. Dracina Lisa. Dracina Lisa. That's also low light. Uh, Dracina wow. Machico. Uh, Dracina Marginata. Mm-hmm. What's your next one? Um, Geogenanthus. Whoa! Bird's <laughs> nest fern. I'm just thinking about. That. I love this. Uh, Golden Pothos. The, wow. classic, the classic grandma the grandma fetonia oh. uh waffle plant oh that was mine <laughs> uh let me think what else do we have over there haworthia oh that's the the one low light succulent Gasteria. I was gonna say there's another one. Gasteria. Don't take my next one. Yeah. Um, let me see. What else could you do? That's probably pretty close That's to that. That's a Kentia. Cast iron, Kentia. Palm. Nice one. Yeah. yeah, I already said cast iron long time. Oh, you did? Yeah, was that your first one? You like those ones. I do. That those will be a good list to be able to go and like write down and Google each one and see what they look like. And because yeah. half most of these, I know the pothos, but other than that. Oh, the what? How do you say it? <laughs> I know I don't say it right. We always it's How do you always say funny. It? well. What's funny is that so many people say pothos, mm-hmm. and but it also makes them spell it incorrectly, which is double funny. Or they say pathos because it, it's it's p o t h o s pothos. Pothos, correct? Not that it matters. We all know what you're talking about it, and we're not like those elitist kind of people. But it is pothos. Oh, but it's it's so probably true. the most uh, mispronounced name out there. So yeah, a lot of people, there are so many iterations of it. We actually did a skit on this one time because we have heard <laughs> so many names for this plant. Devil's, the best I- one? Devil's Ivy, Ivy. Here's the best one. This was during a like a, a TV interview. <laughs> she said, Golden Poconos. <laughs> uh, pothos, Pathos. Take for like photos, <laughs> all that. Well, I mean, there's there's the internet, right? So yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of words you've only ever read. Totally, you know, yeah. There's nobody on TV. Plant names are weird anyway. Talking about Dracaena, so people come in and ask for the Dracaenas, and I just have to know what they're talking about, and then without <laughs> Dracaenas, you better not be on the floor with me because if if you are, we might be like, 
No, we try to be inclusive. Well, we'll usually make fun of you a little bit, but we don't, we don't mind. Yeah. We usually know what you're talking about. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. If you you don't know the name of the plant and you enjoy it anyway, that's what it's yeah. about. Anyway. So Aglaonema is always pronounced improperly also. Some of our friends own a, a greenhouse here and they've been growing plants for, you know, 60 years. Uh, they're really well known in the house plant industry. And I went there and he said the name of a plant and I was like, oh, that's how you say it. Cause you never hear people say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know for sure. And he, and I was like, oh, that's how you say it. And he was like, I don't know. I just say it confidently. <laughs> I like so that. I love it. Sure yeah. Say it. Confident. And, and that's the right way to say it. There you go. Yep. I like that's that. That's it. Mm-hmm. The golden Poconos. That's right. <laughs> Six your guns on that one. She was confident. <laughs> you are. Oh my goodness. Okay. I want to hear a little bit about how you guys got started with Famous in Oregon. I know you guys have a really big following on TikTok. So I'm sure people would love to hear kind of that story of it all. So how did you guys get started with your plant shop? So the TikTok and the Instagram, the big accounts are Tanner the Planter. Mm -hmm. Um, Famous in Oregon, we also have, we don't have a TikTok for, but we do have an Instagram for, but Tanner the Planter was born Um, I just thought it was a really cool, it rhymed kind of, Mm -hmm. it rhymes the way that Dora, the Explorer rhymes, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't, there's a word for that. I don't remember what it is. Close enough. I think it is. Close Close enough. enough. (laughs) And I just thought it was cute. And so you changed your Instagram to Tanner the Planner once you started getting into plants. Mm-hmm. And one day, I mean, he was just so frustrated because he was learning about plants, all the ins and outs, and there were so much conflicting information out there. Mm-hmm. So much do this. Oh no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Do this. Oh no. You know, it was just like that. And so he started doing experiments. I can't tell you how many experiments we have had in this house. Very, mm-hmm. very many greenhouse experiments, Topo Chico bottle experiments. I mean, <laughs> propagations, cuttings, you name it. We've tried it. Science lab going on. Yes, absolutely. I love it. Professor is here. Mm-hmm. And so um, little by little, it just, he started sharing tried and true things that he could speak about confidently. And people started asking, you know, he'd show his plants and, you know, what I've learned about this is whatever. And it's funny to go back now and look at some of those early day posts Yeah, because they're so not what we would post now. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it always like that? Totally. Yes. Yeah. But one day he just, he said, babe, I think we need to, to sell plants. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I do not need one more thing to worry about because he's a hobbyist. So we've mm-hmm. been through well, all pe- the things. People were just so nice on Instagram and they were like, you know, they wanted to buy my plants. Well, of course, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. Or, you know, can, can I, I buy a cutting? Can I thank you for your help? Can I whatever? And mm-hmm. so we started doing farmer's markets. Erica just talked about this yesterday because she made a little post about it. But we, you know, we started with like 300 bucks. We spent all of our, you know, this extra money that we had, three or 400 bucks on it some extra, extra plants. Money. It was, we needed to flip that to yes. make our rent. Yes. Yeah. We didn't need it that specific day. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we, we invested in some plants and we went to a farmer's market and we sold them on Facebook and we got enough support uh, from, you know, we were shipping plants. We got enough support from all of our people from around the U.S. Um, to be able to open up a brick and mortar store. And uh, we named it Famous in Oregon. So there it is. We We opened it up. 
And we signed the lease on that building and three days later, everything shut down from the pandemic. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit scary, but yeah. um, luckily yeah. we, we, March we thrived through it. Yeah. Where does the name Famous in Oregon, where does that come from? Well, I would ask if you, we usually, when people come in the store and they ask that question, we have to say, well, have you been to Oregon? They'll say no. What's so great about Oregon? Oregon. Oregon. Oregon, <laughs> <laughs> so, Oregon is great. I I think we both, Priscilla and I have been there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There, There's two bits to it. One, so we started with a business partner. Uh, we needed a place to sell plants and she needed a place to sell her hats. Mm-hmm. And her, a big chunk of her business was in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And she went, she would do like festivals up in Oregon, music festivals. She still and, does. And she still does. Yeah. And someone said, uh, someone told her one time, you know, you're like famous in Oregon. And she made a hat about it. Her, her business is making hats. Mm-hmm. And, um, so she, that there was that name. And so when we were coming up with the business together, Erica was like famous in Oregon because the other half to it for me was when I moved to Texas from Oregon, someone would say, Oh, you just moved here. Where are you from? And I'd say Oregon. And they would, you know, some kind of Prius joke first. And then they would say, Oh, it's so pretty there. The greenery, the ferns, like it's so beautiful Mm -hmm. over there. And Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that growing up there, that that's what, other places like that was their idea of Oregon was lush plants greenery Mm -hmm. trees trees you know plants are the number one export of Oregon so plants are famous in Oregon Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. our our business partner who has since exploded and had to buy three three more buildings next to us uh, for her business uh, wow she she is famous in Oregon so it worked for both brands check her out too she's if you have a good I will y'all do it's inappropriate trucker hats (laughs) Oh, fun. Uncle Becca and she will crack you up. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Speaking of multiple stores and having to kind of grow, is that something that's in the future for Famous in Oregon? I would definitely say we're not against it. Um, Every small town that we visit, we're like, oh, is that a plant shop? Like, when do we see it, like a vacant building down, yeah. downtown or for something rent. for sale for rent? We're always like, oh, that looks yeah. like it could be a plant shop. I think assessing the, the lighting situation. Oh, got nice south facing big Ooh, windows here. That's some nice stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because we did not realize um, we have what I think is the absolute cutest building in our whole town. Mm-hmm. It's so charming. It's almost a hundred years old wow. and it has black and white old flooring original not in great shape but if anything looks bad just put a plant on it and it works yeah we're lucky there um but it the black and white has become such a big part of our brand Mm -hmm. and so now when we do like vendor events or farmer's market we have a black and white rug that we bring and it makes people feel like they're visiting a small sampling of our store and we get compliments oh it's just like your store the black and white you know that was totally by accident yeah. We didn't plan for that. So we would have to, if we did, we would have to carry that brand, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and those colors and that branding. It's for something sure. we're, we're definitely open to. And what Eric and I are very much the kind of people that like a new store could not be on our radar today. And then we could be driving through some random town tomorrow. And we both say at the same time, that's, that's it. And we'll mm-hmm. do it. We'll have a new store up and running in a month. We're not really like, think about it, people. We, mm-hmm. I love it. 
on it, people. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine. I know so many people that spend their whole lives just, oh, I should have, could have, would have, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm just mm-hmm. like, we have one life. How mm-hmm. how bad could the outcome really be? Right. Like, let's really assess it. Don't scare yourself out of doing something big just because you think you might not be successful. Like, what if you are successful? Mm-hmm. If you have an idea and a vision and you go for it and put your full effort into it, you're going to be successful. Don't dabble. Mm-hmm. Do not dabble. Yeah. It's yeah. the worst thing you could do. If you're not all in and if you don't believe a hundred percent, people tell us all the time, like, you're just so lucky. Like, how did this happen? How did it? The... No, there's no luck. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know how hard I've never worked harder in my life. Yeah. yeah. I think even one of the podcast episodes that we de- we talked about, we've talked we talked about all of the failed businesses oh. that we've done. Or a lot of people will say like, "Oh, you're so uh, you're a natural in front of the camera, or you're so you know so lucky with this TikTok following and all this or whatever." None of it's luck. Not realizing that Eric and I have been making videos online almost every day for like ten years, mm-hmm. and the past two years we've hit you know over a million on TikTok. Yeah. Eight years of like polishing and figuring things out work to come to fruition for that type of following. And then the businesses, gosh, I mean, I think a a lot of people on like this in the social media world, they just see, you know, the success and they don't see, like you guys are saying, it's taken so many, you know, fall down, pick yourself back up, fall down, pick your, like so much work to get to where you guys are. This didn't just happen overnight. So I think that's Mm -hmm. such a good point takes a lot of time. And just because you weren't successful once does not mean you won't be successful the next time or the mm-hmm. next time. The next yeah. Time. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. He is a, like just a natural teacher. Like he enjoys, te- I do not enjoy teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, Tanner, enjoys- which is funny. She has a teaching <laughs> degree. <laughs> I think you guys both do a really good job. Tanner, you do. Yeah. Tanner just really has a natural way of doing it to where people understand and like come together, almost like understanding all of the things that you're spitting out. Like he just has such a way of doing it that I can't tell you how many people have told us like, this is the first time that I've gotten this concise information that I've needed. You know, this is the first time I've ever understood what they mean when they say that, you know? So, yeah. Well, I think it's also helpful for me personally, like the videos on TikTok to actually mm-hmm. like see you doing it. I think to me, that's like, and then you can just save the video instead of like having to read through like Google. It's like, oh, I have this exact video. I'm just going to follow it. No questions asked. And I think that yeah. is super helpful. And yeah. you guys, I, I've said it already, but you guys like feed off of each other and like bounce off of each other so well. We're like, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, does, it does feel very natural. We were just mm-hmm. talking about that. Again, we have been doing it though for a long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. We we just were talking about this about it this morning, like how it just feels like every day is the best day ever. Mm-hmm. It's because I have the best partner and I try to be the best partner in return. Yeah. It's a lot easier to uh risk your risk your be risky in business and in life when you know that you know, we could fail in business or be homeless mm-hmm. or whatever, but like when you're so solid, like with your spouse or your partner, or whatever, mm-hmm. none of that matters. Yeah, the risk yeah. factor goes down tremendously. Yeah. It doesn't really matter one way or the other. It's just fun to try to figure it out. But at the end of the day, you know, we might be failed business partners sleeping under a bridge, but it'd be pretty funny. It'd be together. 
that'd be a great TikTok. That'd be some good content. I'm going to put plants under there. <laughs> yeah, something under there. Um, so how can our listeners lean into this topic of plants to support and educate themselves? Be like maybe a first step. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you want to learn the way that I take care of plants and like my my methodology around around plant care, you know, you can go to the YouTube channel, TikTok, Instagram, all under Tanner the Planter. If you'd rather go a more scientific route, I feel a lot of my the way I teach is basically taking uh, scientific principles and putting them into understandable terms. You know, kind of being the bridge between those two for the average person to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and if you want to dig deeper, uh, go to Google Scholar and mm-hmm. um, look up scientific research papers on on all the different. But plants I would and- say step one is the YouTube channel tanner the planner yeah. watch the lighting video yeah and watch mm-hmm. the watering video those two are key those videos. are like the the building blocks like once you once you have an understanding like a true understanding of light and a true understanding of watering all houseplants become way easier to care for after that mm-hmm. yeah yeah those are the two big things what have you guys learned we kind of talked about this already but just to sum it up what have you guys learned from this whole plant journey where you guys are now the whole process what's the biggest takeaway let me think about this I have learned that uh just because you think it's a home run and it's a great idea like Tanner (laughs) that's what I was that's what I was gonna say too yeah doesn't mean that your audience is going to also eat it up you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I have to remind him sometimes more than once a day. Okay. Yes. But you are not our audience. Like our audience mm. is not straight male 32. You're mm. actually the opposite of our audience. That's true. Yeah. When we, when we first started out, I was, we would buy a bunch of the plants that would fascinate me, but mm. then the stay at home mom that wants a Pinterest wall look, mm-hmm. not care about that. And we would have no customers. So I would have to kind of deferring to me. Yes. Like, this is my this is my demographic. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He would ask me, like, do you like this? What do you think about this one? <laughs> Still ugly. <laughs> I like that, that though. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing your audience. Yeah. 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 I think one of the things that I've uh, started to learn as well is not only from a customer base, you know, I'm not great at customer service or, but you're so good now. I've gotten gotten a whole lot better. I've gotten a whole lot better. When we would do our vendor events, I would (laughs) tell him like, please go walk around. You're standing here with a mean face. Like nobody's going to come to this booth. Well, (laughs) people generally don't like the truth very much. And Tanner loves the truth. Yes. I say the the more truth you can give somebody, the 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 flatter the learning curve. Uh, we've seen it. We've seen it hundreds of times where someone comes into our store and they can't keep anything alive, and we start them out with a snake plant, and we say, "Put this in front of a window and use this chopstick. This is how you do it. You're going to be watering about once a month, give or take." And now those people have a hundred of our plants in their mm-hmm. home because mm-hmm. they were willing to just start in one little spot. And they've told us is how it's changed their life for the better, like all the benefits. And like yeah. now they're 
sharing it with their students or like their kids or their family. And it's really changed their life around and not around, but it's changed their life positively in some aspects. So there's that part that we want it so bad for them. But then there are some people, despite your best efforts, you just cannot convince them to to give it a try. It's kind of sad because we know that they're missing out on uh, a great hobby. And, you know, Mm -hmm. just one plant, there's a lot of benefits from it. There is one thing that I want to say before, before we go, Mm -hmm. and that is whether you buy from us or you buy from whoever support your local plant Mm -hmm. shops, Mm -hmm. your local plant shops are the reason you have a choice and in where you, where you buy your plants and your healthier plants are going to come from people that know plants, not people that know refrigerators and lumber and sell milk. Yeah. It's the truth. I mean, it's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Of course it's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Support your local shops. We all could use the support. It's hard. It's a hard world out there to Mm be competing against big box, crappy plants. And if we want to continue to have choices in where we spend our money, that's not Amazon Mm. and big box stores. The only way we're going to get to do that is if we keep supporting our local plant shop. So and if yeah. you don't have a local plant shop, the great thing about you guys is you s- ship all across the country. I was just going to say that. It's amazing. So yeah, yeah. we just well, got we sh- email today when she just was like, my plants arrived today. They're absolutely beautiful Aww. Thank you so much for everything you do. And I can't wait to buy more. That's feels really good. cool. Yeah. Feels really good. Well, we'll definitely link your guys's TikTok and your website. your website for your guys's store. And the cool thing is about what you guys are doing too. You guys do kind of a spontaneous mystery box, correct? So people can buy some mystery boxes from you guys. And what do those things include? Our mystery boxes come out every once in a while. It's a mm-hmm. mystery. And uh they, 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 we don't they, even know. Yeah, kind of, we don't. <laughs> it's so spontaneous. We usually figure it out the day that we post about it. So that's, we don't I plan love, it. I love it. At all. Uh, the, the mystery boxes usually come in different price points. Uh, sometimes we sell them for like 20 something dollars or 30 something dollars. And it's always going to be the, what's, what's included in the box is always going to be plant related. So plants, um, watering cans, macrame pots, fertilizer, etc., and it's always going to be at least the value of what you spent. Usually, we go we pretty much over deliver on everything. It's usually above and beyond. Sometimes, Sometimes we'll send even like rare, expensive cuttings um, from our personal plants, like and just hope that the person receiving knows what they're getting. This <laughs> last time, uh, we sh- we shipped out a pink princess top cutting. And she knew exactly what it was. And she was so excited because that's a very expensive, highly sought after plant. That's really cool. Yeah. Thank you guys so much again for being willing to do this. I honestly have so much fun every time we talk to you guys. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys a lot. This was, I definitely took away, I've been writing notes and I'm I need to go and repot some of my plants this weekend because I have a few that are not, not in good, good, good situations. So super appreciate it. Thank you guys. You guys already said your Instagrams, your social media stuff. We'll put it in our, um, link in the, in the, in the show Mm -hmm. notes. So it'll all be there. And then I think I'll also, I wrote the, the two videos, the lighting video and the watering video. I'll link those also. Mm -hmm. It sounds like those are good ones for people to start with. Probably send them to your Shopify link. Okay. to put in the show notes. Yeah. 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 yeah.
That sounds okay, great. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank, thank, you, thank guys you guys so, so much. much. Absolutely. Good to see y'all again. You yes, too. You too. We'll be following and I'm going to definitely be purchasing a mystery box. Okay. Bye. We'll see Bye-bye. ya. Bye-bye. See ya.